Welcome back to another episode of Young Adult Path to Progress. I'm Allie Dietz, your host, and I'm super excited to finally be bringing today's episode to you all. I sat down with matchmaker Skylar Corby from The Three Day Rule. The Three Day Rule is an exclusive matchmaking service, and Skylar followed me on Instagram randomly months ago, and it was right around the time that I had had a heated conversation with my boyfriend Ryan about talking versus dating and when we had this conversation he was like you need to do an episode about this and I knew that I needed to talk to a professional someone who works in and around the dating world and I reached out to Skylar and asked her to be on and wow what a perfect match it was in this episode I really learned what being a matchmaker is all about. We talked about her path to becoming a matchmaker, what that career looks like, what it really takes to be a matchmaker. And beyond that, we talked about dating. We talked about intentional dating um, and digging a little bit deeper into what it is that you're looking for in a partner, which is something that I think a lot of us are a little bit scared to do because it just feels like then you're trying a little bit too hard. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just the way I've always been. Whew, dating would have been much easier for me had I done that. So before we get started, I just want to say thank you to everyone who engaged with me on social media. I posted about this episode several times on my story. I asked you guys to send in questions. I asked you guys um, questions myself for you to answer and the feedback that you guys gave me and the conversations that it started was just one of the coolest experiences that I've had on Instagram. I have never had so many DMs and deep conversations on such a surface level app. So it's been one of the coolest experiences for me. So thank you all for being a part of this and I hope that you learn as much about dating as I did from Skylar. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm so excited to hear about your story, how you started matchmaking. I think that's one of the most unique jobs that I've seen on the market that I did not even know was a thing anymore. I know. Everybody says that too. Everyone's always like, isn't that just for like grandmas or like fiddler on the roof? And it, I mean, it definitely has some really storied history but I think one of the benefits now is that we've got tech on our side so we can do the human approach to it but we've also got a few more uh things up our Mm -hmm. sleeve marketing tools and ways to get out there and meet people exactly I think that one of the things that people are going to be most interested to hear about is how you became a matchmaker Mm -hmm. I mean like I said I didn't even know that this was a thing anymore so when you followed me on Instagram (laughs) I was instantly intrigued and knew that I had to interview you. So if you can just give a little bit of background. I know that I looked at your LinkedIn and you went to University of Louisville, right? Yep. And you studied English. Yes. So tell me how you went from <laughs> studying English to becoming a matchmaker. Yeah, no, it's all across. It's all over the place. Um, <laughs> no, so I've actually, I did study English, but my my entire career has really actually been focused on sales and marketing. And matchmaking really is just marketing people to people. So I think 
especially in marketing and sales and all that, I've always enjoyed just the psychology behind like understanding your audience and figuring out what appeals to them and then how to market to them that way. And that totally applies to just like when helping someone figure out what qualities are best for them and a lifelong partner. So I don't know. I, I love helping people. I just love people in general. I love talking to people. So I talk to people all day long. So luckily that part of me is very satisfied. Um, <laughs> but now instead of my friends just kind of tuning out all of my sage relationship wisdom, I'm working with people that actively want to hear it. And I get to help put all of that into action. So it's awesome. Yeah. Do you get a lot of people who are interested in using a matchmaker? I I feel like there's a stigma around using a matchmaker that at least I feel like a lot of young people feel mm -hmm. that if they are hiring someone or taking that route that they feel desperate. But I, it's weird to me because, you know, we do that kind of thing for our jobs. Exactly. And <laughs> finding the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with is much, you know, a much bigger decision and very important for your life. So I don't know why there's that stigma, but can you talk me through like how people come to you? Is there an age demographic of people who do come to you? Yeah. I mean, it really is all across the board. I've worked with people that are like 23, 24, all the way up to like an 80 year old. So it runs the gamut because it really is just if you are looking for love and you're looking for a serious relationship that doesn't go away and it's not really tied to, okay, well, now that you're 35 or now that you're 40 something, like now you're ready for a relationship. When you know that you're ready, you know, and when you're looking for one, you're looking. So that doesn't really go anywhere. I think there is a little bit still of a stigma surrounding matchmaking, but I think it's going away only because... I mean, talk to anybody about a dating app and the key phrase that I hear is, oh, it's just a necessary evil. I'm like, and that's how we want to think about like love and romance and dating that we found it through a necessary evil. Like, no. Yeah. So I think matchmaking, I think a lot of people are coming around to it because they're like, okay, well, we outsource everything anyway. And as you said, like your relationship and the person you are hopefully going to spend the rest of your life with is a really huge deal. Why wouldn't you want to put just the same amount of effort into making sure that's a great decision and you're finding the right person rather than just like swiping at 11 o'clock at night because you have nothing better to do. Talk me through that process of actually matchmaking people. What kinds of questions do you ask people? How do people sign up? Do yeah. they have to pay? That kind of stuff. Definitely. So we do have our huge uh, free dating pool and that's open to absolutely anyone. So I'll shoot you a link later for where people can sign up for that. We Perfect. meet people from all over the country. So it's really no holds barred. Um, so people just sign up for that. We They can put in their basic information and then you are actually meeting with a matchmaker. We used to do it in person. Now we do them all via Zoom just because of the pandemic. Um, but we go a little bit deeper. So it's not just like what you would see on Hinge where somebody writes like a quippy little one-liner and you're supposed to think that's funny. Like we're getting in there and we're like, okay, like what do you do? Do you like what you do? Like what's your relationship with your family like? Do you want kids? If not, why not? If so, like why is that important to you? What are your hobbies like? Are there any hobbies you would want to share with somebody else? And then like really like getting to know someone who they are just as an individual and then bringing what they want in a match into it. It's like, okay, like personality wise, what are you looking for and why? I feel like all of my clients get so annoyed with me, but in a loving way, <laughs> because anytime they bring something up, I'm like, oh, and what's the reasoning behind that? Like, oh, and why? And they're like, I don't know, just because I'm like, no, no, we don't do that. Like, 
you should have, a, if you want somebody that is very, very smart or that is very career oriented, what's like, why is that? Yeah. So looking at all the personality traits and then obviously like we're all human beings, we all have eyes. So the looks are just as important as the personality. And we get into that too. It's like, okay, but why do you need somebody that looks like Ryan Reynolds, which I mean, is <laughs> self-explanatory, but like really getting into everyone's reasoning behind why they want the person that they want. And I mean, and that can come down to like religion, politics, age, mm -hmm. if they have kids from a previous relationship, like so many different things. And one of the big benefits, especially to that point is when you're on a first date after you've matched with someone, I think there is kind of like a sigh of relief and just, a little more confidence that goes into that date because it's not like a blind date where you're just like, oh, well, you both like football, so see what happens. Like, yeah, we figured out so much stuff where you're not waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, oh, they're going to reveal that they have four kids or, oh, they're going to reveal that they hate their family and they never, ever, like, they want to move away from this place as soon as possible. Like, you go into it knowing like, hey, we're really on the same page and not because we thought so, but because somebody that met with the both of us in person thought the both of us would be a really great fit so like i said that's totally free anyone can sign up for it we also do work with clients and the goal of that is to get to know them very well and actively look for people that fit the preferences and everything that they're going for so and it kind of runs all over it feels like it goes down to a deeper level than Definitely. what people are normally comfortable exploring with themselves mm -hmm. when they're going into a date because I mean, when you go into a first date, you don't want to get too excited. You don't want to come off too strong. I think that, you know, the reason that I wanted to do this conversation about talking versus dating is because mm -hmm. definitely with our generation, you want to play it cool. You know, that's sure. that's everything that we've been taught in the dating world is go in it, play it cool. You want to have the power. And I feel like in that we kind of lose what matters. Yeah. And we and we don't look for what matters. We don't know what red flags to look for. We don't know what green flags to look for. We've just completely forgotten about the reason that we're going on dates in the first place, which yeah. is to get to know someone who could potentially be a partner for us for life. Yeah. Um, so bringing it down to that deeper level before you even meet someone gets you to a place where you can truly understand a little bit better what you want because yeah. you're not so busy focusing on the surface level stuff. Exactly. Do you guys have like more girls that are interested or more guys that are interested? Have you found that it's hard to match people because one gender comes to you more than the other? Not necessarily. I do think we have more women that come to us. And quite honestly, it's just because women are much more apt to recognize like, hey, I need help with something. And I want, especially the women we work with, where if they've done the rest of their lives, like, very well to a T like they're killing it at work they have a great group of friends their family's doing well like social life is great they love their hobbies all that stuff the relationship always falls to the bottom of the piles. but when you've done everything else so great for yourself you're like well I don't want to drop the ball obviously here and women are just more apt to come and be like hey I really want to do this like exceptionally I might just need a little bit of help we have a lot more fe like women come our way but I think anyone who comes to this service that's legitimately looking for just a long-term serious committed relationship we have no problem matching those people yeah. because they're already in a really great spot and they've already kind of come to terms with the fact like okay like this is hard and I need help and that's about as difficult as it's going to get 
So how long does the process take once you sign up to being matched? I'm sure it's different for everyone, but. Definitely is. I think, so we do have for our clients, we have different um, contract levels. So sometimes it can take three months, sometimes six months. It does depend just on what they sign up for. But everyone in general, I would say when someone signs up to be in our free dating pool, it can like we see when as soon as they're in there and depending on what they're looking for and depending on who we're working with at the time we're like okay they sound amazing we will get a meeting with them ask all those really in-depth questions and then that's really where we can start we're like okay we have all of this information to go off of and like i said paired with the algorithm of our like all of our technology we're combining both a human brain and a technology brain so we could be like, okay, these people make sense. Like I always yeah. say it sounds very unsexy, but we're pretty much cross-referencing. And we're looking like, okay, I know what this girl is looking for and she wants somebody that's like legitimately funny and <laughs> doesn't just have the one joke. Like really funny, but like is really passionate about their career, um, has a good group of friends, really likes like being social, going out, trying new things, all this different stuff. And if I have a conversation with a guy that's like, yeah, I'll try anything once and like makes me laugh or does something in that meeting where I'm like, okay, like immediately that person comes to mind. That's a really quick match to make. Yeah. Sometimes, though, it does come down to like, okay, we want to make sure that we are making legitimate matches and good connections. So it really is not throwing two people against the wall and seeing like who sticks together. So sometimes like being a little more intentional about who you're dating and having someone else that's being more intentional for you, sometimes that can take a month. And at the end of the day, I think sometimes people get a little impatient with it. Mm-hmm. But when they realize like, oh, this one date I went on in three weeks was so much better than the five that I went on in a, in half the time, just because this person is so much better for me in ways that I both really wanted them to be, but also didn't recognize I needed them to be. Yeah. Sometimes you just need a different brain in there to make that choice and help ease you into that direction. And those dates always go incredibly. It's so funny that people who end up being the ones that are the best for you have qualities that you didn't even know that you were looking for yeah. in a significant other. And it is like, I think sometimes with a matchmaker, especially you have somebody, we're not trying to shove people out of their comfort zones. Like everyone has their reasons for a reason. But I think sometimes it is nice to have a fresh set of eyes. That's like, hey, I know you always seem to go for this kind of guy, but maybe that's the reason that those guys are working out. (laughs) So what if we like take half a side step here and go for somebody even in like a different industry or with a slightly different look or anything like that. If it's not somebody you would choose for yourself, that doesn't always mean it's not the right person for you. Right. So I want to go back to the first question that I asked you about how you got to this place. For anyone who hears your story and is like, oh my gosh, that seems like a job that I would be great at. Yeah. How did you even find a job to become a matchmaker? And what kind of like what did you go into to to show them that you could be a a good matchmaker because there aren't many jobs like this (laughs) no (laughs) no I think it really does come down to just kind of knowing your own personality like at my core I like I said I love people um I love getting to know people and I love kind of going about things in a very roundabout way so I can do sales and marketing for anything and I really have I've worked in gourmet chocolate I've worked (laughs) in like luxury fashion. I've worked prior to this job. I was actually with a storage company, which is hilarious if you know me or see me in person because everyone's like, you were passionate about storage. I'm like, no. Uh, (laughs) 
I thought like it was a very cool company. It was very new and all that stuff. But at the tail end of my tenure there, I was like, okay, well, I need something where I care about this. Like storage is great, but it's very difficult to be like, mm, yes, I found my purpose in storing other people's like couches. Belongings. <laughs> so I started looking, I'm like, what's a job that I could do that is still marketing centric, but like I have some kind of impact and I'm doing something for people. And I didn't necessarily need to change the world, but I wanted to feel like, okay, I made somebody doing day, something. Yeah. Legitimately yeah. better. And I think I was just looking through and I came across three day rule. And it was actually funny because I was with a group of friends at the time. I think I was at a bachelorette party and I came across and I'm like, oh my God, this is so fun. I said the same exact thing everyone else says. I'm like, I didn't even know this was a thing anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wouldn't it be so funny if I became a matchmaker? And none of my friends laughed. They're like, you kind of do it anyway. So <laughs> I checked it out. I applied. I loved everyone at the company. And it is like a very women-centric company. It's female-owned. So I loved that. That was very huge cool. for me. Um, but it was also just, I think the idea that everyone was very passionate about it and came at it from a different angle. So there are matchmakers with social work backgrounds, with elementary education backgrounds, psychology, every like sales and marketing, we kind of come at it from all different angles, but the common purpose is like, you've got to want to help people. You've got to really care. So tell me about the three day rule. What is the three day rule? What does it mean? You said really it's two, it should be the two date rule. <laughs> so it doesn't hold as much weight anymore, but it was really like a late 90s, early 2000s kind of thing. It's basically like if you were to meet somebody out and about or out at a bar, really anytime prior to social media or apps, if someone were to give you their number, it was almost like weirdly customary just to wait three days before to you call called them. them. If you tried to wait three days to do anything now, none of us have the attention span for it. Nope. So I... it's better to like get in there as soon as you can and just start making plans. It's just momentum keeps the thing going. But so the three day rule stems from that. I actually don't advise my clients to do like they everyone always asks that. They're like, so do I wait three days? I'm like, no, it's just the name of the company. Like, please get on this as quickly as you possibly can. Yeah. And make, make like start making moves, start making plans. But it does stem from just how we used to date. And it is so interesting to think of it that way. Like, oh, look how far it's we've so come funny. and look what dating has turned into. If I have a good date, I either I needed to, if I actually enjoyed it, text that person and say, thank you for buying yeah. me dinner. Say, thank you for buying me drinks. I had a great time. Or oftentimes they'll reach out to you that night. Taking that time is not as customary now. And I feel yeah. like it's really important for the person that you go on a date with to feel validated. Oh, because, definitely. Because everything is about instant gratification nowadays. If someone doesn't have that validation, they're just going to move on until someone gives it to them. Yeah. Um, so it's so funny how things have evolved. And it is, like, it is to that point, like, if you had a great time, but you're worried about, like, giving away the power or something weird like that, it's such a silly thing to do because ultimately – you guys both could have been on the same page, had an amazing time, but if no one makes plans for the next date or just follows up or does anything, you're losing out for a really dumb reason. So kind of just talking about the way things have evolved, we'll jump into what this whole interview is about, which is talking versus dating. Mm -hmm. I was talking to my current boyfriend about this. Before we had put a definition on what we are, we were talking and I said we were dating, and he was like, we're dating? And I was like, well, we go on dates. Mm -hmm. We've met each other's families. We 
talk every night for three hours before we get it. Like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're dating. We're you don't need to ask dating. me to date you. We are physically going on dates. That's what dating is. Right. And then it became this whole conversation about how our generation, for some reason, we, we call it talking when it's mm-hmm. when you're going on dates with people. So can you tell me a little bit about or have you learned anything about the talking period of a relationship? I think, I mean, number one, I know that's a huge source of frustration just because there's so much ambiguity surrounding it. And I think ultimately, and this might seem very harsh to say, but I think calling it talking versus saying we're dating or making moves to become exclusive and doing all of that it's kind of a way for people to buy themselves time or just to keep their options open. So we're top, we're talking typically means I don't want to commit, but in the event no one else comes along, I don't want to be alone either. So I'm going to keep you around just in case. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, and that is just due to kind of the paradox of choice that we all have with so many different methods of dating. But it is also a detriment because it's those people that really aren't paying attention to what they want or haven't sat down with themselves to be like, okay, this is what's important to me. And it's not saying that you need to get married to someone tomorrow. But if someone wants to date you, they will take actionable steps to become exclusive. Like you will be like, they'll value the connection. They genuinely want to get to know you on that deep level we were talking about. And they're kind of, you can date a couple people at the same time, but you always know who's the like front runner in that. Right. And after a while, if you're like, I don't want to go out with the other people anymore. I don't want to see anybody else. You're not dating anymore. Like, and you're not talking to someone you were talking when you were talking to a couple of other people. But exactly as you said, if you're going on dates, if you are sharing a ton about, about yourself with the other person, if you're spending a lot of time together, like you're dating. When I started dating my own boyfriend, I was I don't know if he knows this. I was dating like (laughs) three people at the same time. Yeah. And that's ultimately what it came down to. Like he asked, I think he asked me out on another date. I had, we had an awesome time. Another guy asked me out. And I remember in the back of my head, I'm like, I don't know if I want to say yes to that Thursday date just in case Ryan wants to see me on Thursday. And that's when I was like, okay, wait, well, that guy's got to go. And then the next guy like came up and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to see him very much either. And it's, it does just become a thing where it's like, this is the person. This is the person that I want to be with. I'm not entertaining any other offers. And that's when you kind of realize, like, I'm dating you because Mm -hmm. no one else is here. No one else is in the picture. Yeah, I think that it's interesting because I asked, one of the questions I asked last night was, how long do you think is an appropriate amount of time to be in the talking stage? And I mean, from my experience, me and my boyfriend, we're long distance. Mm -hmm. So for us being in that stage, that was sure it was talking or whatever, even though we were in it kind of deep, meeting each other's families, talking every night. Like I knew that we were in it, but because of the distance, it was a little bit harder to, to get there. But I think every relationship is going to be different and it really has to feel natural to move out of that. You know, a lot of people were sending in, in questions saying, you know, should I wait for the other person to move things forward or should I move things forward? And I really feel like you just have to trust your gut and and where the relationship is at. If you feel like you're going to come on too strong by trying to take it to the next step and you don't feel comfortable with that, I feel like very oftentimes that person may not be ready. Definitely 
try and have some kind of conversation to gauge how they would react. But just going straight in, if you're feeling uncomfortable about it, there's probably a reason. Definitely. Yeah. I think I think ultimately, like, it's good to be straightforward about what you want and just putting it out there for your own purposes. Like, kind of letting someone know, like, I want a committed relationship. I don't expect us to get married tomorrow, but I'm not just dating around because I have nothing better to do. Like, I am looking for someone. And that can still be, like, a that's just kind of letting someone know exactly where you're at and what you're going for and how they take that will tell you a lot about them. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's, I think especially when you're like, okay, I want this to go to a different level. But if you're realizing that they're not really prioritizing time with you or they're, I don't know, like, I don't know, like, I guess like the red flags to look out for, like they're not communicative about how they feel about you or they're not taking that initiative. Everything's kind of last minute. Like the person that just texts you on a Friday, that's like, Hey, what are you doing tonight? It's like, Mm -hmm. I like plans. Like it takes girls a good amount of time to get ready. And I, if I like you, I want to look good on that date because Mm -hmm. I like looking good in front of people that I like. It is what it (laughs) is. So don't text me at 5 p.m. for a 6.30 date because obviously I was not your first choice. And that kind of lets you know, too, like you don't want to feel like you're an option to the other person. You both want to be prioritizing each other in the same way. Like, well, definitely want to see you again. What's next week look like? Mm -hmm. Or if you're having a really great conversation, make sure you're getting past just surface level stuff. Um, And I think also on the flip side, if someone comes on, like if you're dating someone for a couple weeks and then all of a sudden they're like, so you're my boyfriend now, right? You're like, well, no, Mm -hmm. not yet. Like we will get there probably, but now I'm not so sure because you apparently just need a relationship. You don't necessarily want one with me. And I think that can be a good thing to keep a lookout for too. So like, don't get so inside your head that you're judging every single thing they do because that takes the fun out of it and you'll drive yourself nuts. But it is good to know like, okay, like, are they act are they asking a ton of questions about me? Are they divulging enough about themselves so we're learning an equal amount? Like are they consistent with how they're communicating? And I don't know, it's just overall just feeling comfortable around someone and feeling more and more so that way as you get to know them. And that's when you know you're kind of working yourself out of a talking stage or not haven't even been in one. You're like, okay, we're dating. But if someone's not doing all that stuff, it can suck when you're really into it, but those are the people you're like, you're not ready for this and I'm not holding your hand through it and I don't have time to wait for you to get to my same spot. So Yeah, and I think that go. it's really important that the person that you're with is giving you the confidence to feel yeah. like you can have those conversations. Like if you're confused and you don't know if the person really likes you or not, I'm sure that they like you. I'm sure that they think that you're a great girl. They think you're a great guy. But if they're making you question the way that they feel about you, it's probably because they're questioning themselves the way that they feel about you. Right. A really solid relationship is like a marathon, but at a jog pace. Like, you're not trying to PR on this. You are trying to be like, okay, like, I feel good throughout all of this. We're learning a lot about each other. I'm enjoying this person. They surprised me in a lot of good ways. Or I've learned something that I maybe don't like and let me take a little bit of that and sit with it and figure out if it's a total deal breaker or if it's just one of those qualities where I'm like, well, I've never come across that before. Maybe I need to learn about myself or maybe if it's it's something that I can compromise on because that's what relationships are too. Right. I think that's really interesting what you said about doing it as at a jog pace because mm-hmm. – 
especially as girls, I feel like we just have the pressure on ourselves that we're like, okay, I need to get married. I can't have babies past a certain age. Like we need to get things going. Yeah. And you get into a relationship and it's really easy to be like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. You know, but my experience in the relationship that I'm in right now, it's the healthiest relationship that I've been in. And I think that's because we took the time to get to know each other mm-hmm. while we were in those early stages of the relationship before we made it official. And now that we are official, we know that we're both in it. Right. You know, whereas with my ex, we met on a dating app and pretty soon after we met, we were together mm-hmm. and it ended as quickly as it started. Yeah. You know, so it, it was great and fun and exciting, but then boom, it was just, it was done. And I feel like having that foundation and taking that time is really so important because you know, when you're getting into it, okay, this is someone who is really healthy for me. This is someone who I really want to be with. And I know that because I know so much about them and I've gotten to know them so well that I don't have to question anything now that we're at this stage. Exactly. And then you get to enjoy it. Yeah, then it's fun. Like, that is the whole point. (laughs) I feel like sometimes we forget. I'm like, this is supposed to be fun. If dating feels like work or you're, like, dreading any part of it, take yourself out of the game for a little bit because it's that's not what it should feel like at all. Yeah. What do you think the most commonly overlooked red flags? I would definitely say poor communication. And I think it's kind of, as you said, when you really want something to work or when we are just, when something feels right, right from the get-go, you're like, okay, um, like, let's just go for it. <laughs> but I think sometimes we ignore the fact that if someone's not a good communicator and there's no really good reason for it, the good the reason is because they're not as interested as you might want them to be. So like, if someone really wants If someone really wants you, they will make you a priority, even if they're quote unquote busy. And like you can look on my Instagram. I feel like every four posts I'm ranting against the word busy or the excuse busy. And it's just because you can be the busiest person in the world and you kind of have two options. You either don't have any time to date and it's just not a priority right now, which is completely fine, or you're not as busy as you think you are. You're just not good at communicating and you're not good at managing your time. Mm -hmm. And I think the person that doesn't have the ability to be like, hey, I'm so excited to see you on Friday. I do have a really busy week, so I might not be as communicative as normal or like I just won't be texting as much, but so psyched for Friday. I'll follow up on Thursday just to make sure we're still on. Have a great week. That's really all anybody needs. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, that's so hard to do. And the person and that then you sit there and overthink. Yes, exactly. Like, then you're like, okay, good. I've got stuff to do too. But the person that doesn't extend you the courtesy of just letting you know, like, I'm interested in you, but I do have other things in my life that I'm doing too. It just shows that they're just, they're a little immature. They're not a great communicator. And when you take that to a relationship level, that's probably not going to bode very well for something long-term because that probably means they're not great at communicating when they're upset about something. Or if you've done something that they weren't a fan of, then they don't know how to tell you without turning it into a fight. So you can identify those things pretty early on. And again, like we'll give people the benefit of the doubt up and down when we really, really like them. But you do have to check in every now and then, like, are they taking advantage of the fact that I'm letting them get away with this? And if you think that they are, I mean, number one, be communicative yourself. Just be like, hey, I really like you and I really want to see you again, but I'm not feeling like you feel the same way. So if I'm right, like, that's fine, but deal with whatever you need to deal with. I would prefer to spend my time with somebody else. 
it sounds really harsh, but you're respecting yourself and you are being respectful of them because you're like, you've clearly got other stuff to take care of. Go and take care of it. But you weren't, you clearly weren't going to do this for me. So I did it for me instead. So I think ignoring poor communication, it's a tough thing to identify again when you really like somebody, but it's good to keep an eye out for because we're all on our phones all day anyway, mm-hmm. no matter what. So if they had time to check Instagram, I promise you they had time to text you and we all have time for that. So yeah, that's there was the an opportunity about, there. That's the thing about when people say that they're too busy. It's just we're on our phones 24-7. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm terrible at it. I'm terrible at responding to people's texts. I have about 300 unread text messages, oh which honestly is awful. I'm so sorry if I haven't <laughs> responded to you. But I feel like when I really like someone and I'm interested in continuing a relationship with them, the moment that they text me, I'm like, okay, I need to get back to that. Yes. You know, there's no doubt in my mind. There's no question about it. Like, that is a priority. Mm-hmm. And especially because dating and finding someone that I'm going to be with is a priority for me. So why would I let that fall? So it kind of shows you where someone's priorities are at. Exactly. Um, I actually, I dealt with that with, um, when I was living in New York, I feel like everyone's just busy, busy, busy. You oh, know, yeah. that's the the fast way of life in New York City. Everyone's job is their number one priority, and dating does fall um, down on the list. I wrote down on, I have a list of notes here, and I wrote down, finding love in New York City is hard. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because it is, that should be the tagline. <laughs> dating in New York is not easy. I I lived in LA before I lived in New York, and I didn't really try to date in LA, but I would assume it's similar because it's the fast-paced lifestyle. I think that everyone's kind of really focused on their career, focused on themselves, and just getting from point A to point B. That dating kind of falls down on the priority list. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's about a million people that... Yeah. You know, you could date, so to find someone who's ready to commit is really hard. So what advice do you have for someone who's living in a big city trying to meet someone? Because Honestly, I think it's like, I mean, the biggest thing is that there really is no right way to date. Like, I think, again, we've all fallen into just the habit of apps, but matchmaking is a great option just because it is a different course of action and it is different, but you're getting so much more out of it just because someone is doing the work for you and paying attention to all the stuff, both big and small. Um, But on top of that, I kind of treat dating like a job hunt. Like if you are looking for a new job, one of the best things you can do is let people know that you're job hunting. And the same goes for dating. So if you're single and you're like, I'm ready for a real relationship, but I want it to be with someone great, tell people big, I'm looking for someone awesome. If you know anyone that's single and especially with friends, like, they know you and they have your best interest at heart. So you would hope that they'd be like, okay, well, I would only introduce you to like the best people. Um, so they would do it that way. I think that's probably the best way to go about it. But on top of that, it's like just being out and about. I think mm-hmm. apps are great, but I would use them more as a supplement rather than your go-to and your only way of going about it. And now that the world is opening up a little bit, um, I mean, there are events that are happening again. So get out there and go to events or go to meetups that kind of meet your hobbies and interests anyway. You're already guaranteed to meet people that share a common value of yours. So that's a bonus. But then you're just doing something fun and meeting cool people. Um, But like like live comedy shows or music or 
just going out. It's you don't only have to meet at a bar. There are so many other places to do it. And I think sometimes when you take that pressure off of yourself, like, okay, we're going out tonight and we're going (laughs) to find guys. Like if you're just going out and about in your day, but you're putting out the energy, like I'm really excited to meet someone today. Like I could meet somebody at TJ Maxx Mm -hmm. and if they're cool and they're funny and they catch my attention and we're able to have a conversation like around discounted soap, I have a very good feeling that over dinner or in an environment that we both enjoy being in. So it could be like a concert or something like that. It'll be that much better. Um, So I think it's just getting rid of the idea that there's a right way to date or that you have to be like on the hunt to meet somebody great. You can meet somebody in the weirdest spots. I've met, I've talked to someone recently that her favorite spot to go is Trader Joe's. She flirts at Trader Joe's and just like grabs random things off the shelf or like produce and will be like, hey, I'm going to try this radish dish. Have you ever cooked radishes? How do I cook radishes? And it might throw people off, but a it really starts nice a conversation person, and it definitely captures attention. Exactly. You got attention. You did it in a cool way. If they walk away from you and you never see them again, it really isn't the biggest deal. It's not the worst thing in the world, but it's just kind of flexing that muscle of putting yourself out there in a really great positive way because Everyone wants to talk to the person that looks like they're fun to talk to. Yeah. I love that you're saying not to use dating apps as your number one access to people. Mm -hmm. Because one of the questions that I got was how to date other than dating apps. So many people are saying that they're not good at using them, which like none of us are. They're awful. They're not easy. So yeah, I think putting yourself out there. And I think it's interesting too that you're saying not just to think about going to the bar as a place to meet people because... Go, go to a live music event, go to a comedy show. Yeah. Those are things that I normally think of as places to go on a date. But right. why not go there with your girlfriends and see if there's anybody there that you'd be interested in? Yeah. You know, and, and bars are a hard place to meet people, too, because alcohol is involved. And mm. I feel like I've met so many people at bars and then just never talk to them again because I don't even. It's hazy yeah. the, the time that we talk to each other. So I think going out of your way to talk to people when you're not at a bar and using just life as, you know, a dating app yeah, um, is a really cool, I mean, it seems so simple yet so hard. And I think the hardest part is just striking up that conversation. But when you put yourself in a situation where you kind of have a talking point already in front of you, if it doesn't go anywhere whatever, you had a great conversation, but you're putting yourself out there and being confident in the fact that you're like, hey, I know how to do this. I know how to talk to you. And every time that you strike up a conversation with someone, and even if it doesn't go anywhere, except for a a five, 10 minute conversation with someone, you're going to leave there feeling so much more confident in yourself just because you had the balls to do it. Exactly. And if it does go somewhere, you get to pat yourself on the back like hey I did this like yeah five years from now when people are like oh wait how did you guys meet you're like oh well I approached him <laughs> he noticed my cute dog but didn't say anything so I'm like okay let me take care of this like those are the stories you want I, I mean we all know friends that have met on dating apps but every time you hear the story of the people that like met through friends or met at a dog park or Trader Joe's or something, you're like, oh my God, that's so cute. And it is so cute, but you have to make the cute happen. Yesterday you posted something about trusting your timing. And I mean, I think I kind of touched on that a little bit earlier and trusting the timing of your relationship and going with what your gut says. And if you feel like you guys talking for six months is what you need, then that's great. If you feel like all you need is one month, then that's great for you guys and trust what your relationship timing is. 
but how do you trust your timing when you're looking for someone while also putting in the work? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think if you're confident in what you're bringing to the table and you know what you're looking for and you know that that will not only make you happy, but will bring out the best in you as well, because shouldn't just be about making you happy. You want to make sure that you're a good person in this too. Um, then it's really just being about intentional about who you spend your time with. So I think people think of dating as the numbers game, which we've kind of talked about. And that is true to an extent, but if you're going on five dates a week, just up your chances. You're not paying attention to who you're saying yes to. You're not showing up with really great energy. And I think ultimately, if you're only doing that because you're like, well, I can't be 32 and single, like mm -hmm. that's not going to work. That's so silly just because everyone is at a different pace. Your life is working the way it's supposed to. And I always, I, I speak with people a lot where they're like, well, all my friends are married. So I just, I really, really want to be married soon. I'm like, okay, let's just back that up for a second. So <laughs> if you were, I'm like, if you were dating your ex and you guys clearly didn't work out for a variety of reasons, but you're like, but I'm 28 and this is the time. So let's just get engaged. More than likely that relationship wouldn't have gotten well. You would have gotten the government involved by <laughs> getting married. <laughs> and having that whole wedding and then god forbid you get divorced you're 32 in exactly the same spot but you didn't have all those years of dating and finding out about yourself and about other people and about what you like so you're in the same spot no matter what timing really is not the same for each and each person it's so individual and i think it really comes down to just like okay am i ready for this am i feeling great about myself you're really not going to get into a great relationship if you don't feel good about you mm -hmm. first which sounds very cliche but it is about just being like hey i'm in a solid spot let's do this thing now i want to meet someone great and that can happen at 25 it can happen at 30 it can happen at 40 it really doesn't matter it's rushing it that actually keeps it from happening sooner than it should, which is mm -hmm. the ironic part, but it is what it is. So I think sometimes you do have to trust your timing, but you have to make sure that you're putting the work into yourself and also paying attention to what you've learned from past relationships, but what you've learned from each date that you go on and each like great date and not so great date or the guy that you are dating for three months and then that ends like it's not the end of the world if you're learning something from it. And I think that's when you know that timing is on your side. Yeah, I'm very big on not having any regrets for mm -hmm. anything that you go through, especially in dating. I mean, anything in life, really, I feel like you can learn something from it and you wouldn't be who you are today had you not exactly. gone through that. So I think that you should look at every experience as a learning experience and it's the best thing in the world. Confidence is the sexiest thing. Oh I mean, my God. Yes. It's the most, it's the most cliche thing that everyone says, but it's so true. Confidence is the most attractive thing that a person can have. So giving yourself the time and, you know, giving yourself the grace to have that time and not put that pressure on yourself to get to the point where you do feel good about who you are and where you're at, that you're ready to have someone and to like, let yourself be loved. Because I feel like if you're not completely confident and don't love yourself, then it's really hard to accept the love that someone else is giving you. Oh, for um, sure. So I think that, yeah, taking that time and not comparing yourself to, to your friends, not comparing yourself yeah. to other people's timelines. I mean, I remember I, I used to cry because I wasn't in a relationship. I really didn't start dating until I graduated from college. I've mm -hmm. had like two relationships, but the one, like I said, it was on the person I met online was so short that like, I don't even know, do I count it? Do I not right. count it? You know, like, I don't even know, but 
I look back on it at it now and I'm like, I'm so glad that I took the time before I got into a relationship with someone because I've learned so much through the years about myself that now I can go into a relationship and feel super comfortable about who I am, what my values are, what values I need in a significant other. And had I been dating from high school into college during those years when I'm still trying to figure out who I am, I feel like that all just have gotten messed up and I wouldn't even know who I am because it would be all muddled. And I think it's also when you have that confidence and you've taken the time to learn about yourself, when you do end up with the right person and you've given it time and all the energy and it's all just gone the way it feels like it was supposed to, you don't have a what if in the back of your head. Because Mm -hmm. I think sometimes when people rush into the relationship, then things like start to end or they're just not going as well as they thought they were supposed to. There's always the thing where it's like, what if I had just given it an extra two or three months of just like dating and getting to know people or taking things even slower with this person that I'm with? If I, What if I had taken that time? Who else would I have met? What else would I have realized? But because you jumped the gun on it, you didn't have that opportunity and now you're in that position. So timing, like it's tough. It's tough to be patient in that way. Mm-hmm. But it is a hindsight thing when you have given yourself that opportunity and just not rushed it and been like, you know what? It's going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And no one else actually cares whether or not you're married. It's not that big of a deal. They want you to be happy and you should want to be happy. And sometimes that just getting to that point and getting in that kind of relationship can take, I don't know, an extra year, but it's a year well spent when you end up with the right person. Yeah. And I have, I have so many friends who aren't in relationships and they, you know, are upset because they just don't think that it'll happen for them, that they'll never find someone. And I mean, trust me, I was there too. I definitely questioned that for a long time because I hadn't dated. So I didn't know what it was like to date. And Mm -hmm. when you don't know who you're going to date, you can't see what your life is going to look like in two years. How are you supposed to know? So I think just focusing on exactly what you just said, uh, focusing on being happy and that being your priority and putting yourself out there, dating people, getting to know people, being smart about it, the way that you're dating people so you're not just burning yourself out is so important. And eventually things will fall into place the way that they're supposed to. But if you're focused Mm -hmm. on your happiness, then you can instantly feel out if someone is right for you because, you know, you have to really trust your gut. If someone says something that makes you feel off or says something that their values are different than like your core value, Mm -hmm. Listen to yourself, listen to your gut, look at those red flags and don't put yourself through it. It's okay to not have someone right now. Yeah, exactly. Especially, I mean, I'm, I'm 24. So my friends are all in that age group and Mm -hmm. we're young still, even though we put the pressure on ourselves, it's like, okay, but we can wait until we're 30 if we need to. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. (laughs) I'm there already. And I can tell you like, the people that know themselves really well, all the friends that I have that are in amazing relationships that have gotten into them recently went through all those stages where they're like, oh, I don't know who I'm going to meet. I don't know what I'm going to do. But they kept going and they did just take the opportunity to learn from each person they were with. And now they're with someone phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I mean, I don't mean to call any of my friends out who are listening, <laughs> but there are certain ones where I'm like, ooh, you really got into that quick. And I, you just don't believe as you don't believe that they're as happy as they make themselves out to be on social media. Yeah. yeah. And you never want to think that about your friends. And on the flip side, you wouldn't want someone to think that about you. Like I love my relationship. And I think the fact that it's just easy and fun 
comes through in the fact that I'm like, I got to be myself this entire time Mm -hmm. and we're fun and we're happy together and it's great. And I don't know that people that I've dated previously would have brought that out of me because I don't think I was at that same spot. So yeah. yeah. Do you want to, do you want to look back and and realize that you are that person that's in a relationship with someone who you're not happy with? And had you maybe made the call that might've been scary at the time to be single, you could have met someone where you could completely be yourself and not feel uncomfortable talking about certain things or you know like you just can't be yourself I think that it's it's really important to to trust your timing I I saw that on your story yesterday I was like we definitely need to bring that up I think that that ties in with you know the different stages of relationships talking dating boyfriend girlfriend whatever stage you're in a lot of people were saying one month some people were saying two to three months max um just trust what what your relationship needs. We shouldn't put a specific timeline on it. And I know when I first started posting about this, I think I I leaned really towards, I hate the talking stage Mm -hmm. because I really, I mean, I kind of do. I think that it it gives, like you said, it gives people an excuse to not really be committed. And I was someone who is looking or am someone who's looking for a partner. I don't really care to date around with a bunch of people. I just feel like it's a waste of time. Yeah. If that's what people want, then that's great. But just looking back now at my relationship, I think had we not taken that time, it wouldn't be as healthy as it is today. Definitely. Um, And I think you need to trust both yourself and your partner. And if your partner is giving you what you need and telling you how they feel about you, you guys have open communication and they're making you feel confident about the role that you're playing in their life, then the title really should not be everything. No. Um, and that's, it's been a hard thing for me to explain to my friends throughout my current relationship that, oh, we don't have a title yet. But I mean, really, the only two people that need to understand are the two people in the relationship. Exactly. Yeah. So whatever your relationship is going to turn into, it will. Mm-hmm. You just got to give it the time and enjoy it because that's kind of the point. Right. Okay, I covered a lot of really interesting areas. I know that the whole thing was like supposed to be about talking and dating, but I feel like um, there's just so much to cover here and so much to unpack. And yes, the talking stage is annoying for all of us in our 20s and this generation, but I think that there's so much more depth to dating that we got to cover, which is so cool. And I'm super excited for people to hear all of your advice and I definitely have friends I'm going to be sending your way. <laughs> um, I mean, if we're going to get on dating apps and create a free profile, why would we not create a free profile with a matchmaker who's going to match us with people that would actually be a good match for us? So exactly. I'm really excited that you followed me and that I know that this is a thing. I think that it's really cool what you're doing. The fact that you're able to give people that confidence in themselves is just the coolest thing that you can do in a job, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you for taking the time and coming on thank and you. sharing your wisdoms. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Young Adult. If you're stuck in the talking stage, I hope that you learned something from this episode. If you have any questions for Skylar, you can follow her on Instagram at matchedbyskylar. And if you are looking to sign up for matchmaking yourself, I am going to be linking the uh, sign-up page for the three-day rule in the description box for this episode. Thank you all again for tuning in, and I hope that you enjoy. Bye.